In this episode of Cutscenes, we hunt for ancient treasure in Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Let's get right into it. Video Game Movie Podcast. Welcome to Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast. I'm Jacob McCourt. I'm Katie Lesperance. And I'm Travis Colnut. And this week we are talking about 2001's Lara Croft Tomb Raider. But before we get into the show, I want to introduce our fourth chair today, a very special guest. It is Dan from the Greatest Story Ever Played podcast. Welcome to the show. Yay! Yay. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, really good to uh, get on mic with you all. Something I was thinking about that's fun is I've podcasted with each of you and uh, various groups of you even, but this is the first time we're all in the same podcast room, I know. so to speak. So yeah. pretty exciting to all be here. <laughs> uh, well, hey, we are very excited to have you. But before we dive in, I want to find out more about the greatest story ever played. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah. Um, so I do a podcast called The Greatest Story Ever Played. It's a uh, book club style podcast, uh, similar to Jacob's Left Behind Game Club, except uh, a little more focused on story driven games for the most part. Uh, we come out with episodes nearly weekly, uh, a lot, uh, really. But um, our Twitter's at Story Ever Pod. Our website's The Greatest Story Ever Played.com, where wherever podcasts are. Uh, some of the ones that uh, these three have all been on, uh, Travis and Katie went on recently and talked about soma with me uh mm -hmm. jacob has done the dark pictures series with me uh we've done the most recent one which will be out probably a week or two before this comes out so uh go see that um travis and i talked about everyone's gone to the rapture katie and i talked about a few other games go check those out uh lots of games on there uh also i did one on tomb raider for 2013 so if you want more tomb raider content that's also there Ooh. Well, that seems uh, pretty apt. Uh, you can also find uh, Dan on an episode of the Left Behind Game Club. And Dan, what episode was that again that you were on? Uh, Firewatch. Yes, we talked about Firewatch. Um, that is episode 89, uh, if you're interested in finding uh, Dan and I in a mic together. So we've all been on mics together a lot. Uh, we are all coming together for the first time today uh, to talk about Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Uh, we start the show like we start all of our shows with a tutorial. It is a 60-second segment uh, where each of us are going to give you the high-level plot of the movie, hot potato style, where we each take 15 seconds describing what the heck this movie is. Um, who wants to go first? Oh, dear. I, I, I wish, and this is the thing, for three seasons, I wish everyone could see Katie and Travis's face because it's basically like... <laughs> A, a deer in the headlights every Ugh. single time. You know what's coming every episode. I know. I'm never, I'm never ready for them. Nope. <laughs> never. So why don't I go first? Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who wants to go second? Why don't I'll you go, go second? Okay, okay, I'll go second. Do you want to go okay. uh, third or last, Dan? Uh, I can do. I can do last. I'll wrap us up. Oh, okay. All right, I'll go third. Save us. Okay. <laughs> so I am starting the timer for us. In three, two, one, go. So Lara Croft, she's a Tomb Raider, I guess, and she hunts for treasure all over the world. She's been to many places, and she quickly gets embroiled in a very topical mystery involving 
the alignment of the planets. Okay, so she wakes up from a bad dream and she finds this clock under her stairs and apparently it's some sort of thing to find uh, some some sort of... She's looking for... Oh, a time-traveling thing! Right! Um, and so uh, she's got to find these triangles to... Oh my god. Switch. Two, two triangles. Uh, she, her dad died. She's really sad about it. He is like, hey, uh, make sure you find these triangles. It's really important and you have to destroy them because it's really, really dangerous if it gets the wrong hands. And then uh, the Illuminati. Switch. The Illuminati is the one who's looking for it. You've got Sir Gerald Mormont and Daniel Craig uh, as the baddies. Uh, we go to Cambodia. We go to Siberia. Uh, chaos ensues. Uh, time hijinks as well. <laughs> wow. With like three seconds to spare, we absolutely crushed it. Uh, that's a great description of, of what this is. Um, <laughs> before we dive in and talk about the movie, I want to know what everyone's exposure to Tomb Raider, the films, and Tomb Raider, the video games, uh, before we jump, in, jump into it. I would love to start in this one with Katie. I Okay, so I've never watched any of the movies. Not one. Um, the games, I had tried to play um, one of them when I was a tiny child, and it was too hard. <laughs> Um, I, it started my fear of angry dogs that are trying to kill you in video games. Cause those dogs, man, <laughs> I was like, I can't play this. These dogs are killing me. And then I tried to play the mo- the recent reboot. Um, and then I don't know, I just bounced off. I don't know if I was just, wasn't in the mood. I know a lot of people like them. I'll revisit them at some point in the near future. So I know, I know what it is. Like I know Lara, Lara Croft. I know what Tomb Raider is. I, I don't play any of them or watch them okay uh travis what about you so i feel like i've seen bits and pieces of this movie somewhere along the way but never like as one thing to even know what was going on in terms of the games i've not played like a full game um i definitely remember as a kid having an uncle with a ps1 who had one of the Tomb Raider games on it, and I played it frequently whenever I was over there. Um, All I remember is getting stuck in water and um, (laughs) giant hands swapping, like slapping me off of a platform, like giant monster hands slapping me off of a platform. I don't know. Yeah, it was bad. And so, um, but that's all I can remember in terms of like gameplay. Like I think Lara Croft is so like, entrenched in just like video game culture that like I know enough about her and enough about the games and stuff to be able to like talk about it but like I've not played one all the way through myself okay Dan what about you uh so I didn't I haven't played the old ones I played the 2013 reboot uh like everyone said I kind of know Lara Croft from uh pop culture i guess you just know about laura croft uh i'm planning to play the second one actually on the podcast in january next year so that will be coming out soon so i do like the series i thought uh the 2013 one was awesome and uh i think set a good stage for what laura croft can be and then as far as i go i've not watched any of the movies this is my first exposure movie wise to the tomb raider franchise um i never played the original games um, where she had the pointy chesticles. Um, but I did play the... Uh, weirdly, one thing I would recommend is there's two isometric games that came out in the early 2010s. Uh, Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light and Lara Croft and the Type Temple of Osiris. I played Guardian of Light and it's actually very good. Underrated. 
uh, would recommend you play it. And then I've played Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider. So really, like, my fandom of the series is steeped in the newer generation of games, um, mm-hmm. not the, like, PlayStation, Angel of Darkness, Legend, Underworld, etc. Interesting. Okay. So it sounds like none of us have really dove into the movies. <laughs> so I guess it's... Uh, my, my next question is... Um, what y'all think of these of this movie? Like really high level. Oh my Travis, God. you're making a face, so yeah. I have I have questions. I <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. I <laughs> I kind of like it. My... <laughs> <laughs> you would like it. <laughs> it was kind of stupid and fun. I <laughs> I kind of liked it. It was fun and stupid. Like, it was just, I was entertained. Like the Resident Evil movies, right? Yeah, but this is even, like, Resident Evil movies, that first one's good, where this is, like, this is borderline, like, so bad it's good. Yes. (laughs) No, but I feel like it does more silly things. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. I, oh my God, I, I (laughs) was so excited to start this pod because I have so many thoughts because there's so many things that are just coming at you and you're like what wait what what's happening now it's crazy I'm yeah. like, right out the gate mm-hmm. I was like wait robots she's yeah. fighting a giant robot why is there a robot I did not expect a robot and I'm like what I and she's pistol whipping the robot I'm like I don't know what I'm watching and there's bad accents and there's actors I w- didn't know would be in it and I, I sometimes mm-hmm. I giggled like I just I giggled sometimes because I'm like this is ridiculous and I didn't know how he felt and I I God I'm so excited I'm sweating um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna say at the end of this episode I have no idea if I'm gonna say cutter scene I I don't know I don't know how I feel but it was something it was an experience and that's that's how I feel I have tent poles of this movie and let me just go through them for you. Um, robots, side boob, art auction, jungle, <laughs> naked Daniel Craig, yeah. Siberia. Yeah, that's the movie for me. <laughs> the tent poles. Oh <laughs> Pardon the pun, I guess. <laughs> Dan, did you have any high level thoughts? Um, I I think for this, I it was I think in that so bad it's good camp. I was I was really curious with that because. I don't know where I'll fall by the end either. It's like, it's not like a great movie in any manner, but uh, of other movies I've heard you talk about, it seems better than some of the worst. So I I don't know where it will fall. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. I know. I'm so confused. Okay. Well, let me, let me set the stage and yes. we can dive into the Illuminati and other things. Uh, so she beats a robot, uh, which is actually part of a training exercise in her family manor. And... Which That's took, how the movie opens. Yeah, it took forever. Like, this fight, like, I was, like, watching this, and I was like, what is happening? Like, I literally, one of the first things I wrote in my notes is, what the fuck is this? Because it was like, <laughs> she's just, she's fighting robots, and I'm like, she's destroying all of this ancient stuff to beat up this robot. And I'm like, uh, this is not, like, and I'm like, and I was trying to, like, rack my brain, is there robots in Tomb Raider? And I'm like, I don't remember robots in Tomb Raider. <laughs> that that was my same thought too when this was happening i was like 
are there robots in Tomb Raider? I, I, I was shook. And then also in this fight, I don't know if this happened for you, but it felt like a video game fight. Like the, you know, you yeah. shot the wall, the wall falls on her, on the robot, run up the wall. And that really set the stage for the rest of the game. Uh, there's a lot of boss fights really through the rest of the mm-hmm. game, it mm-hmm. felt like. And they were all choreographed in that way, which I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it stood out to me a lot when I was watching it. Um, I was just taken aback. I was not taken aback, but I was like, wow, there's a lot going on in this fight. There is like, there's wire work. She's spinning for no reason. She does a somersault, like jump onto, uh, the leaning tower, the leaning pillar that she just shot over yep. for no reason. Mm. There was no reason to do a like somersault jump. You could have just jumped, but I'm like, they're, just, they're, they're throwing everything into this fight. And it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I felt like the beginning of this, like, the very opening of this movie with this whole thing, like Dan said, felt very video game-ish. Like even down to like the way she was moving, like yeah. the, the opening scene mm-hmm. you see her and she's kind of doing, she does that typical like Lara Croft, like backwards walk because you can't really walk <laughs> backwards. And she like sidesteps kind of funny. And she's walking with her arms, like at a really wide, like dude, bro, I have too big of muscles kind of walk because she's going to hit her guns on her waist. And like, it looks like she's like, like she's oh, controlling awkwardly in a PlayStation one game yeah. and she can't turn right. <laughs> Yeah, they quickly do away with it, but like yeah. this whole beginning was just designed to entrench us into like this is a video game movie. Like <laughs> just mm-hmm. blown away by it. The whole thing is fan service. Yeah. Like from like in in the in good ways and also in bad ways when she just needs to take an unnecessarily long shower for some reason. It was it was really long and I was like, "All right, it's fine." But I'm sorry, she flips her hair back in a way that I'm like, no one does this in the shower. But then later I was rewarded with a lengthy, lengthy view of Daniel Craig's fairly (laughs) naked body. And I was like, oh, okay. You know what? We did a lengthy naked scene with Daniel Craig. And I was like, I feel good about that. I mean, it didn't open the movie, obviously, because they had to get, they had to get the people at the start, all the, the, the 13 year old boys. But I got Daniel Craig and I wasn't mad at it. So, so this is really funny because I literally wrote like, what's my max? And I was like, the fact that they flip-flopped the shower scene was probably like, one yeah. of my maxes. Because I was like, because literally you're, you're given that super long like shower scene and you're like, what is this? And like, you can be like, okay, so she's a video game thing. And then she's just like, and I'm like, where's this movie going to go? Like, are you, are we really just going to do like this and ridiculousness? And that scene served no purpose. <laughs> no purpose, Whatsoever. right? <laughs> no. And then. I mean, it served some purpose. Well, yeah. To, to the movie, to the plot, to the right. to development of things. Yep. But then the fact that they've reversed it and they tricked you, you like literally the scene starts the exact same way yeah. with the same shot of the shower head. And you're thinking, and I literally thought, I'm like, they're going to do another fucking shower scene right now. <laughs> and then it pans down to Daniel Craig and it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. So like to get my max out of the way, like we're talking about it already, but like, I was like, this is hilarious. And I love that they flipped it because you wouldn't like, that's, you wouldn't expect them to have done it with what right. you have seen so far in that movie. Exactly. And like, they, they knew what they were doing. Like it's mm-hmm. like it was <laughs> um, they knew what they were doing in that like it was it wasn't like they just did a gratuitous like shower scene. They did. But then they like they were self-aware enough to then flip it and also do one for Daniel Craig, which was really funny. So. Mm-hmm. They wink and nodded at the audience and said, we know. Yeah. We're horny <laughs> for both sexes. <laughs> <laughs> 
A movie for everyone. <laughs> a movie for everyone. Um, this is after the shower scene. Uh, you get a lot, like a, a kind of a plot dump where you learn about her butler and her technician and how the planetary alignment is a thing. And then you're introduced to her father as well. Is that all the things? And maybe the, 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 the triangle as well becomes important. I just dumped everything that was important in the movie in 14 words. Basically. And her yeah. father yep. is John Voight. Say, Who's their actual dad? Okay, and... <laughs> I didn't know this! That's the thing, is that not only is there crazy stuff just in the movie, if you take the movie, there's a bunch of crazy stuff, but then there's stuff where I was like, what? So-and-so is, like, the meta, the outside of the movie movie stuff. I also was like, what? And also, John Voight, this is, like, pre... I mean, you can you could read... This is very TMZ and, like you know, that kind of stuff. But like, it is yep. a storied thing of their relationship against each other. And I th- I think this was pretty much right before they just like stopped talking to each other, oh basically. Because this movie came out in like 2001 and like 2002, it became like a whole rift thing. And I'm like, oh my God. And there's like <laughs> father-daughter relationship drama. And I'm like, this is too much. I can't take this. <laughs> so here's what I was explaining to, to my partner yesterday. I was like, so let me get this straight. Angelina Jolie, who's American, fathers in the movie and plays her father, John Voight, who's also American. Both of them play Brits. And one of the only Brits in the movie, Daniel Craig, <laughs> plays an American. My arms are up because I legit yelled while I was watching this. I'm like, why is Daniel Craig American? Why is he playing an American? <laughs> He's the only American in the entire movie. I couldn't take it. I couldn't. Yeah. Oh my god. My spouse was sitting like on the couch. I had headphones and I was watching it. And he was like, What is happening? I'm like, this is happening. <laughs> and like he has a doesn't he play an American in Knives Out? Uh I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Southern, Southern, I've been Southern. very loud. I'll yeah. gonna try and his accents are fantastic. But yeah. like, why can't he just be a Brit? It was so funny. Right. I d- I- <laughs> Oh God! I don't know. I don't know. Um, I I explained a lot of words there, but planetary alignment, all the planets aligned every five thousand years. The Illuminati are looking for the triangle, which is a weird old artifact, and then she discovers this clock, um, that we find, and that gets uh, the villain of the story involved, um, played by our friend Ian Glenn. He's, uh, a, Manfred he's just in Powell. everything. He it's why is he in yeah. all of these video game movies? He just and loves. I thought so of you. Immediately. Yeah. I was like, Sir Jorah, what are you doing here, Sir Jorah? Why are you here? <laughs> I thought you would immediately go to Dr. Alex Isaacs from the Resident Evil Yeah, series. but even when we were reviewing Resident Evil, I still called him Sir Jorah. So yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Fair. Uh, this clock, though, it starts ticking. She finds it. She breaks it, discovers there's a thing in it, and then brings it to an auction house where she meets the big bad. And that's when... Stuff goes down, and she decides that she's going to do trapeze stuff in her house at <laughs> yes. night in pajamas. Does anyone Everyone else is just, start like, be- throwing up their arms. Before I go on another rant, does anyone else want to go? <laughs> <laughs> go for it. She does this to relax, apparently. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. you're going to go do that thing? Okay. You mean you See don't? you tomorrow. Like, you and don't? She- no, apparently. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a bungee trapeze. It's like a bungee a harness system and she's just kind of like flipping around in the air and like apparently this is how she unwinds at the end of the day i mean some people just have like a glass of bordeaux but like she's like no no (laughs) i'm gonna strap into the bungee 
And I'm going to whip is, around for a bit. I did has, set up a good action scene, though. Yes. Okay, so she has clearly, she has parent issues. Her mom is dead. Her dad is dead. <laughs> The the bungee cord motion is like rocking herself to sleep. She's in her pajamas. Oh my god! <laughs> Pinot Grige or trapeze. Yeah, you take your pick. Really big, like being rocked to sleep, and so she's just she's unwinding for the night after shooting robots all day, and literally these people come in guns a blazing, like so many bullets. I have never seen so many missed shots. Not a yeah, single person got shot in this movie. a little movie. bit ahead, dude. You're behind no her for like a full two minutes. Just go a little bit further. It's not that hard. It like, there are so many bullets that get shot in this movie. It's insane. But like, I will say that whole mansion invasion scene was great. I had so much fun watching it because they did some interesting stuff. Like the bungee stuff was interesting. Like it made for an interesting set piece in a movie and an interesting action scene that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. I have not seen that before. Yeah. In in, in a movie. I was like, oh, I, this is, I have not seen this scene, which is saying something because there's mm-hmm. been a lot of movies. Dan, I don't know how you felt, but when she was like running on the wall uh, with her trapeze, I'm like, one, how can you do that based on how you were trapezing before? <laughs> but what movie am I watching? Like that was my thought. What was yours? Yeah, no, my, my thought was similar is, you know, like I, I like almost compared it to like, I don't know, is it extreme sports meets ballet or something like that? Nice. Like what a weird unwind sort of thing, yeah. but it, it set up a cool fight scene. So it's like, it, I guess it's worth it having a weird made up hobby for it. But <laughs> so, so, something I noticed in the fight scene that I thought was strange, which I didn't know about Laura Croft, it seems, is she didn't kill these people. It didn't seem like like she beat the shit out of them, but it didn't seem like she took their guns ever and shot them, which I thought was weird. Um, no, I don't think I she thought, killed anyone in this movie. Yeah, which I thought I figured she did kill people, so that was, was new to me. Using like she was stuck in like the car garage where like her weapons are all locked up, and her tech guy is like being her eyes and ears and she's putting like screwdrivers in like an yeah. air compressor i'm assuming yeah <laughs> like shooting screwdrivers yeah. at she's people. hitting them with like objects yeah she's like yeah. real macgyver stuff yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which was hilarious but i loved it like i was i didn't know what the heck was happening and she hit a guy in the face with the, the wheels of her motorcycle like i just <laughs> like just just insanity and then the only person she actually maybe almost killed was her butler at the very end like <laughs> That's like the only thing. But no one got shot in this movie. Oh no, yeah. She's no, cutting no down all the people with the while she's bungeeing because they like rappelled down on on ropes and she's cutting the ropes, so they're just following and like not. She always has a knife on her, I'm assuming. Yeah. Where did she get that knife? Yeah. Oh my god. Knife. She she pulls she has a bad dream <laughs> and she pulls the knife from under her pillow. That is it's the like sharpest knife I've ever seen to have under your head while you're sleeping. That was a terrible <laughs> idea. What why is that under your head? <laughs> Your head's like in, your head and your neck. Yeah. She's like, yeah, this is good. Like, it, wh- why is it? Oh, God. The sharp thing brings me comfort. Yes. So after that fight scene, uh, that's when we learn that the, the piece of the clock is missing. And really, like, there's two parts of the movie that are, that are left. Uh, there's a part that, it, that happens, I believe, in Cambodia, uh, in the jungles of Cambodia, and in a temple, and then in Siberia. Uh, in Cambodia, she sneaks into a temple, whereas uh, Ian Glenn and Daniel Craig, uh, they go through the front door with uh, the biggest army I've ever seen and then have to solve a time puzzle, right? 
I, I like the part where they go into the cave and, you know, they've got, I don't know, a hundred villagers helping them pull it out. And then they're like, oh, we need Daniel Craig to do this. And he like unbuttons his shirt and goes and helps. And then they can get inside. It's like, oh, you just needed the shot of Daniel Craig looking sweet. And you're like, we've got to do this. That's how we'll get in. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Wildly unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But we're here for it. <laughs> like they... It's funny because, like, I don't know. She, like, gets helicopter dropped in and she sits in the... Like, she's in, a, in like, a Jeep and she, like, sits in the Jeep that's being towed by a helicopter and then the, the whole thing lands on the ground and she just, like, goes into the jungle and finds her way in there and there's some ghost girl. I don't even know what the heck that ghost girl stuff was all about. Um, And then she makes her way in there and, like, the logic for me was she could have just let them screw up. She essentially let them, like, they were going to use the piece of the clock that they stole from her to activate something to get the triangle piece, which is part of this time travel mechanism. She discovers that it's actually the wrong one. I don't know how. Um, But she just tells him, like, hey, I need you to, like, trust me and let me unlock it so then I can steal it from you later. I'm just kind of like, could have just waited 5,000 yeah. years. Like, because, yeah, they have to do the thing at the exact right time. And if they don't do it at that exact right time, you can't do it. Like, you cannot yeah. get the item if you miss this, like, tiny little time window. So that was that. And then, and then even when she has the triangle piece, her dad specifically said, I need you to get both of them, which is also weird. Yeah. And destroy both of them. But if you destroy one of them, you're done. Yeah, like, isn't that effective enough? Yeah. And if they're going to Cambodia, why don't you just go to Siberia? Uh, I don't know if she knew the other one was in Siberia yet. She probably didn't. I don't but, remember. But like, just go get the other one and destroy that one. Or like, you you got the Cambodia one, just destroy it right away. Like, why? Why? I feel like the, it was the... Lara might not be... She's smart in some ways and maybe not others. <laughs> I don't want to say she's smart. I just never understood her motivations at all. Uh, on, right up until like the last 10 minutes of the movie where she made a choice and we understand that choice. I just had no idea why she was doing anything she was doing. I understand her general motivation, but her her, her tiny choices, her strategic choices made no sense. Fair. Right, because she, she got this quest kind of from her dad, right? Like in a letter he said, oh, go destroy the Illuminati time travel thing. Uh but <laughs> but yeah, like like both of you said, it doesn't make any sense. When she gets there, she could have just let them fail, but instead she helps them, and it seems like she wants to be the one that like maybe it's pride, like a tri- treasure hunter pride thing. Like I want to be the one that got it. I don't I don't know. It doesn't make any sense why she like sort of allies with them and then hopes to kind of win at the finish line. It's very weird, and uh, I don't think calculated very well. <laughs> like I took it as. She wanted to use the time travel stuff to bring her dad back. And, but I didn't get that until it was introduced by Sir Jorah saying, Hey, like, if you give me your piece, I'll bring him back for you. Mm-hmm. And that's why she ended up going to work with him. But, like, I don't understand the logic of, like, letting it, ha- like, get that far in the first place. If her dad already said destroy it, once she realized she could bring her dad back then I could like kind of do away with like worrying about her motivations because like okay she wants both pieces she can use it to bring her dad back there's no point in letting it not happen because she won't be around 5,000 years from now and if she destroys it she doesn't get the opportunity to so I get that 
but up until that point, I don't know if she knew that she could bring her dad back. I like, don't think the, she did. Unless yeah. they edited it out somehow through the making of the movie and then it became a little fuzzy as far as who knows what and when. But mm. yes, I felt like her, because um, her main thing the whole movie is like that she really, really liked her dad and like that they had a really <laughs> close bond and that um, whatever whatever direction that he gave her would be something that she would follow based on everything that you've told us. And he specifically said, get them and destroy them. And then they're like, Hey, but you can like bring him back. But like, that's also the like evil dude saying, yeah, I'll, I'll bring your dad back. I'm like, right. what? <laughs> but he said don't to destroy him. the thing. No, don't believe him. Destroy the thing. Cause like, I'm like, like, no, she would, she would do what her dad said. She would definitely do exactly what her dad said. Even if she got the idea of, even if she got the idea of like, I want to bring back my dad, like, oh, you can bring back my dad. I I can't imagine she wouldn't think, well, I'll just bring back my dad myself. Like, I'll wait until I have all the pieces and do it myself. I could see her doing that because she wasn't going to give, what's his name, the final piece of the puzzle because the two triangle pieces, once they did get them, didn't work. Yeah. And she wasn't going to give that up until um daniel craig got stabbed and died then she was like oh shoot like then again okay he he stabbed and died i guess she used she's like oh i guess i might as well help because maybe i can use the time travel thing to save daniel craig too like she like just yeah motivations are a little mucky Mm -hmm. yeah and and she was really the only one that was equipped to make this happen like the grain of sand thing like her father basically set a breadcrumb trail for her to follow and she was the only one that had the tools to bring this this triangle back to life um yeah just just very very confusing it reminds me very much of the first uh indiana jones movie where if he just doesn't go if he just does not help them or he just he doesn't go to get the ark the nazis are going to get up murdered by the thing that they get anyway so like he doesn't have to go and fix the and like intervene she didn't have to go. They were going right. to fail. They like, would have failed It's anyways. actually very similar, which kind of cracked me up because, I mean, I feel like she's very much based on an Indiana Jones figure. I've never seen an Indiana Jones movie. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I know. I have a movie podcast and I've never watched Indiana Jones. You, you probably should, man. Yeah, I should probably get on that, man. Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> um, any major stuff we need to cover before the... The proposal from Sir Jorah comes in. Um, we talked about a little bit. Like Dan mentioned, the like there is a cool boss fight that happens. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, so they like I was talking about. They had the they're in the temple. She kind of gives she gets the piece so that she can get the actual triangle to appear, and then all these stone statues come alive and then pretty much start killing everyone. Um, and uh. There's some wonky CGI that happens yes. in this yes. scene, yeah. but uh, it's yeah, it's fun. Probably I mean, good for 2001. Yeah, I guess. Or fine for 2001. You know what? Really um, the first Resident Evil movie that we covered was what in 04. Mm. Yep, and I think it was far worse. The budget on this movie must have been very high. I feel like yeah, they spent I, a lot of money because those sets are very million detailed. dollars. Holy, yeah, those sets are yeah. extremely detailed. Like I feel like yeah. they, put, they put a lot of effort into all the sets, which I really appreciated. And like the action Fun scenes fact, were well made. This movie is a German tax shelter and you can read about it if you'd like after the pod. I don't Ooh. know what that means. Interesting. Uh, essentially the people that made the movie 
um, made it in part in Germany, which has some pretty big tax deductions for film production. And so essentially it was used as a tax shelter for very rich people. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the dive well, in. I, actually, I have trivia, I guess, when it comes to money for this uh, yeah. uh, uh, movie is I read that this had the at the time was the highest opening uh like week box office weekend for a movie with a female protagonist which i thought was awful to I hear believe- uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but then the other one that made a little more sense was the highest for a video game movie at the time yeah. which uh, yeah. that made that made sense cuz i think back then it beat like pokemon or something so it i'm sure that's been beaten since then but i was surprised about the female lead though uh 2001 was a different time an action an action female lead up until that point, like, I can't think of any really big ones. Like, I'm what sure could they there... existed, but not, I'm probably sure, not but this. But not to um, that level. No, not the, as far as. Um... Women in movies in the 2000s? Okay. It happened. <laughs> that's what that felt like. I read that and was like, wow, that's awful. She is literally the only female cast member of this entire movie, however. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I, There's yeah, not a single sure. other woman in this movie. Not mm-hmm. a yeah. single other woman in this movie. That's that's no surprise. Yeah, for sure. But like it is you know what? It doesn't fall into the like the mess though that some of those movies could be because yeah, there's maybe a little bit of flirtation between her and and Alex, what's his name? Uh, Daniel yeah. Craig's character. But mm-hmm. like it's not her driving force. It's not you know what I mean? Like the romance is literally they could easily have fallen into the trap of making it a romance thing. And like, there's a little bit in that, like she, you know, wants to save him and whatnot, but it's not the driving force behind this movie. No, honestly, that feels more like a camaraderie for two people who are like, do the same thing and have the same passions and like are both tomb raiders. Um, (laughs) and I'm like, I, I believe that you too, that you kind of have like a sense of kinship. As yeah. opposed to just being like, I like him. He's cute. Like, no, I was like, oh, I believe this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, she has her own motivations. Like, no, I, on the whole, it did not feel like abrasively bad early 2000s, you know? Yeah. Like, there was some stuff. There was the shower scene. There's, um, there's some like. It. There's they some, subverted. there's like one pair of short shorts. But other than that, she is wearing pants, aside from when she's naked. But. I'll, I'll let that be. Uh, Jacob, go ahead. I was just going to say, they, they probably have knocked boots once in a while, but it is just because they are so passionate about chasing treasure that they are caught up in the moment of being with someone who shares the same passion as they do. I have not thought about this. I do not have a fan fiction about this. I was going to say. Not ask another wait, question. Yeah. Do wait, not, nope. Way to make uh-uh. it weird, nope. man. Way to make it weird. <laughs> Sonic High School. Let's Let's just leave it there. Anyway, um, yeah, no, she beats the big boss fight yeah. yep. guy. That's like a big giant golem type thing, which and then... which felt more Tomb Raidery to me. Yes, it like, did. Yes. as opposed to robots. Yes, as opposed to a robot. I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna get an actual like, and she shoots it in the face, and like literally, as far as the Tomb Raider games that I played, which was the old ones, you just take two guns and you shoot at at just stone. It doesn't matter. You just keep shooting until it dies, and that's literally all she did. <laughs> was she just kept shooting until it died. And then she activated some sort of, you know, quick time event where she like threw a log at it and it shattered <laughs> into pieces. So. <laughs> but like, 
It, it, it that did feel slow very... motion uh, boss dying was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> they slow-mo it of him falling apart, and it's so weird. And it's weird CGI, and I didn't know what to make of it at all. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't. their Pentium computers didn't have the processing power to do it at like full frames. Yeah, so they were like, or down? they'll just slow it down and it'll look better, I guess. Yeah. Kind of like we can export Resident it Evil. this way. Yeah, like uh, uh, Resident Evil, the first one. I was gonna say earlier that, that uh, their CGI was much better than the first Resident mm-hmm. Evil. That first one was terrible, um, and they did some weird slow motion stuff too. So I don't know. Maybe that was a strategy at the time for covering up weird CGI things. If there's anyone listening to this who did CGI for movies in the late '90s, early 2000s, <laughs> please get in touch. We'd love to have a conversation with you. I appreciate all the hard work you did. I'm sure it was really, really, yes. really, really hard. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Laura meets Powell uh, in the Illuminati den, and they basically make a pact to say, "Give me the piece." She ran away with the first piece of the of the triangle. They said, "Give me the piece of the triangle, and then I will give you possession of this clock that belonged to your father, and we'll make this happen together." And that's when they go to Siberia. They throw knives at the Illuminati triangle, and then make their way to Siberia. In right? Like, I mean, there's other things there, but it's like the longest traveling scene ever. Like yeah. they are literally like they're ri- they're walking through Siberia and then they ride dogs and then they're on a boat. Ride and then- dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the it made longest. It sound like they're like riding them like, like, it's like a small pony. Like they're riding no, like with dogs. a sled. Yeah, but like they're just it's the longest <laughs> travel. I was like, why is there so much? Like they have there's no talking really. It's just like the longest traveling scene, and it's also just silly. She makes a point of bringing her tech guy. But they make a point of saying that, oh, no tech works in the inner circle of this area, blah, blah, blah. Then why bring your tech guy? What's the point? He's like, and he's like hitting his computer. Like, why is my computer not working? Dude, they already said technology doesn't work in this little thing. And then they have to go on foot to the rest of the way to get to this like giant globe in the middle of Siberia with like boiling water. And there's like, I don't even understand. Why does my Sony Vio laptop not work? <laughs> Brands. Then they make it into a temple. And yeah. in this temple, there is a giant planetary maquette device. Uh, and then a these little orbs, which are like, I think they're called crossings of time. But essentially, they're like time distortions, right? Yeah. I don't know what and happened. A, and a dog jumps through it, right? Yeah. Explain what happens when the dog jumps through. So a dog jumps through the like time loop thing. And I was like, are they going to kill a dog? Like, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, But they, (laughs) it jumps through. And instead you like see all its organs and stuff, but then it comes out on the other side fine, which I thought was actually kind of cool. It was a good way to quickly visualize that it's a weird time thing. Instead of Mm -hmm. it being like an abstract thing, they're like, let's have the dog go through. And then you kind of, you visually see it and it, it, it clarifies and confuses at the same time, but I guess it 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 does something. You know what mm. it does, but you don't know how it makes what any it does. Sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then it, it then comes back around because she needs to then throw the clock into one of these, and it gets a little piece that needed to be put into the two triangle pieces to make it work. Because essentially, yep. Sir Jorah's like. Okay, the main Illuminati guy's there, and he's putting the two triangle pieces together. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it," blah blah blah, because he wants to get the great power of time travel or something. The power of God. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. you shouldn't give him the power of God. That should have been a red flag. Like abort, yeah. abort <laughs> yeah. now. So then, he should not be God. But anyway, so like Sir Jorah's, Sir Jorah's like enough of this, and he like commands his like army dudes to just shoot down the Illuminati boss, and they just he they just straight up kill him, and then yep. he's like, oh, I'm gonna do this myself, and like, okay, sure, I guess, and then it doesn't work, so Laura has to like give him a piece to make it work. And then they go into some sort of weird, abstracty, like running up a pyramid th- thing where they're running real fast, and she catches the triangle, so she gets the power of the gods. Yeah, and in that she has a like purgatory-like conversation with her father about how she shouldn't use the power of the gods, uh, and that she should destroy the triangle forever. Yes, which is what he said. The but first in the time. meantime. Sorry, what'd you say, Katie? I said that's what he said to begin with. He was like to yes. reiterate, <laughs> you, you we are <laughs> speaking in limbo now, and I'm telling you to still destroy them. But you know, you didn't listen this to This thing's bad. It's bad. Mm-hmm. It's real bad. So her final act is like, cool, I'm gonna shoot this, but before I do, the thing we didn't mention is uh Ian Glenn's character, Manfred Powell, uh throws a knife at Alex West Daniel Craig, uh killing him instantly. Uh, she does kiss him under the water, which is a thing I forgot up until right now. Um, but her only thing she does with the power of the gods is deciding to reverse the knife that Manfred Powell throws at Alex West to have it come and hit him in the chest. Yes. So Daniel Craig's alive. Yeah. And then they have a fist fight and then the whole place collapses and... That's it. Oh, the right. End. Right. We find Star out Wars that address. we find out that what's his face actually killed her dad. Yes. That's oh, like yes. the big the big note at the end that like, oh, uh Sir Jorah, I don't remember his name. Um he Manfred Powell. Sure. Ian Glenn. He killed her dad way back when because mm-hmm. he wanted his Illuminati seat. And she and then, should have just shot him in the face. Wait, wait. He was in the Illuminati as well? Yeah. Her dad was. Yes. That was the thing. Oh. She ha- yeah. she ha- in, her, in the purgatory state, she has a talk with him. She's like, why didn't you tell me about the Illuminati? And he's like, I want to keep you innocent. And she's like, okay. And then that was essentially. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dad. <laughs> and so, yeah. So they have a fist fight and then boom, uh, they all run away and the place collapses. No one has the time power. She wears a dress at the end, and her butler is happy. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> this movie. I, I, don't, I don't know what to it's make of so any of it. Ridiculous. And also, when the evil guy is like, yo, no guns. Let's do okay. this. And he puts his gun down. They always have a knife when they say no guns. And shoot him in the face. She still has her guns. Just shoot him in the face. And you're so, done. Boom. So let's you talk idiot. about my I men. you. Let's talk about my men. <laughs> she should have shot him in the face? Yeah. So, and this was my problem at the end of Doom was once again, the big bad guy says, no guns. Because clearly they're like, well, you could just shoot me and I'll be done. And so they're like, no guns. Because I yeah. think I can maybe take you in a fist fight. Yeah. And You're then they fail, the they fail the fist fight. And then the villain always resorts to another weapon. In Doom, it was like big pillars or something like, or like um, he took like a, a, a metal barbed wire or something and like used that as like uh, punching 
mechanism things and she, he pulls out a knife and i'm like you said no guns that means no weapons but because he's evil mission impossible yeah. 2 they also did this oh my god see don't say it makes no sense when you say no guns and let's do this like you know like man to man and just like punch each other but then i'm gonna whip out a gun or he's i'm gonna been whip evil out a knife. this entire time yes. of course he pulls out a knife right and yeah. so yeah they like she still beats him up but yeah that was also my potential like is this my men i think this is my men because it's so stupid because it happens all the time in these movies but i also find it hilarious that the minute he got stabbed with the knife his commando guys like his lead commando guy makes a face yeah they're like (laughs) oh i guess he got stabbed let's just leave now (laughs) like they were totally ready to shoot and kill the other illuminati leader guy but the minute this guy got stabbed they're like oh i guess he's not all that like he's not all that much and then they just left they're like no we can leave him it's not like like is he paying you i'm assuming he's paying you but if he's dead you know you better you better save him if you want the money so the logic of leaving him there doesn't make any sense either i love this movie take his phone Put it up to his face so you can get his Venmo, get your money, PMC, and then you leave. 2003. Uh, any any thoughts about the end of the movie before we jump in here to our next section, Dan, Katie? No. All right. Well, I love the way it ended. I love, I, I have to say. Laura in a dress? Is okay, that a no. new robot? Yeah, so they they literally the way the movie ends, she's in a dress because she goes to like m- like have a little memorial for her dad, and then she walks back in and her butler has like a platter and he takes the platter off and it's two guns and she like and then her her tech guys like here's a new robot for you to shoot and she grabs the guns and like oh and aims frames. them and it freeze frames it on free her frames. aiming the two guns in a and then awkward way yeah and then it's like where's your head at and i'm like this is ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> oh um yo the the soundtrack for this thing i don't know if you <laughs> looked at the track list on it uh but where's your head at obviously on there um, but we've got Fatboy Slim, yes. we've got Moby, we've got Outcast, Missy Elliott, Nelly Furtado, so. U2, Nine Inch Nails, Chemical Brothers. It's a good soundtrack. That is so. a like, you know, let's revisit 2002. It's kind of nice. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's listen to Elevation by U2. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> probably. The, the Tomb Raider mix. Oh, it's a different mix. Interesting. Yeah. It's a I, I could mix. probably still skip that one, but you know, still. <laughs> So it's a, it's a pretty good soundtrack. Um, we had thoughts about this movie, but maybe our thoughts were wrong. Uh, this is a section of the show called Critical Hits. It is a section of the show where we read, quote, uh, or choice user reviews from Metacritic.com. I've got six of them here. Um, I'd love to throw the first one over to Travis. Okay. So this is from Most Fair Critic, and they give it a 10, which I kind of think already screws up the name, but like whatever. Um <laughs> The best movie ever made. Lara is amazing. She's badass. She's rich. She's beautiful. And most importantly, she's portrayed by Angelina Jolie, who fits the role perfectly. If you're a fan of the classic movies, Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider, you'll definitely enjoy this. Away with them haters. (laughs) When is this review from, Travis? 2015! (laughs) 14 years after the movie came out, Most Fair Critic is on it. Wow. Oh my god, love it! Um, I'd love to hand this next one over to Dan uh, from Cameron Moore Wood. <laughs> so Cameron Moore Wood said on November twelfth, twenty twelve, 
Uh, they said, Angelina Jolie running around in tight clothes and carrying gun isn't enough entertainment for me. Oof. Uh, but for some, <laughs> it will be. I'm not saying that it's a good quality for them. I'm just saying that there's a method to the badness of this preposterous thing. Honestly, <laughs> What that, is this review? I honestly, that review is kind of extremely accurate. <laughs> that there is a method to it. There is a thought process behind the making of this movie. And for some people, it is very successful. He's not wrong. He's not. It's just a weird review. And also, um, I'm sorry, Cameron Moore Wood has definitely shown up in other video game uh, critical hits. Wow, you remember this I remember name? this name. <laughs> I will tweet it. I will find it and I will tweet it when this comes out. It, it's She's about de- to go through it's definitely happened. 20 episodes. I'm going to look through all the docs. I'm going to look it. I'm going to oh, find yeah, it. Oh, yeah. We have a doc. We, we have docs, that. man. Easy. Uh... Who wants to read? Uh, I think it's it's Katie who's going to read from Matt M. Okay, Matt M. gives it a three in 2001. An outrageously silly film that relies on shoddy special effects to carry it along. Angelina Jolie is the only good thing about the film. The plot is mind-numbingly awful. Overall, <laughs> it's just another bad summer popcorn fest. I thought, Dang. you know what? Angelina Jolie, bad accent. But I think she did a really good job. I mean, she's coming off of Girl Interrupted, which is a much better movie and a much better performance. But and she's like on the rise, and this isn't her best movie. Like I'm, I don't think she looks back at this and like, man, that Tomb Raider, that's one of my top movies I've ever made. <laughs> but she does well. I think she does everything, yeah, you know, uh, satisfactorily, except yes. for the accent. This was like her breakout role. Wouldn't it have been like into the mainstream? Yes. Girl Interrupted was like her breakout. Like she's on the scene, like um, in the industry was like, I very much talked about performance. I think she got a nom for it. Um, and then this would have been like her blockbuster debut for sure. Um, I have to read this next one. I'm sorry it's long, but oh it's God. on my birth. It's from my birthday <laughs> and I, I had to read it. Uh, it's from The Quiet Gamer. It's a 6 out of 10. Actually, it's a 6.5 out of 10. They make sure that in the actual uh, text, they said 6.5 <laughs> on an 11-point scale. Um, here we go. <sighs> when Laura finally decided to leave her mansion, you get a movie with beautiful scenery and exciting action. You just have to get past the first 40 minutes. The film's extended opening is so dull that not even the most titillating shower and side boob scene do all that much to hold your attention. It takes too long setting up its story and almost killed my interest when we get to Cambodia, though. Everything turns around and we get the entertaining ride that we were expecting. The action is that of a ridiculous early 2000s era style that we just don't see anymore. The kind where the hero flies around and pulls out ridiculous stunts while simultaneously having ex- access to some of the most absurd technology and other gizmos there are other pretty impressive set pieces as well such as more acrobatic sequences involving an octopus carnival ride of death angelina jolie proves to be a good fit for laura croft and not just looks wise she shows a remarkably uh, a remarkably physicality and a cocky persona that are both well suited for an action movie hero role it's a mix of action and sex appeal maybe more suited for the teenage crowd out there but every now and then it offers a little something else to do other than ogle the leading lady you'll have to turn your brain off for the story but there are some genuinely cool memorable moments there are times where everything just comes together and it works unfortunately so much tomb raider gets saddled with its own inane plotting wowza <laughs> that that review is kind of i'm like yeah i agree with most of that review mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just lengthy i wanted to do it in my gamer voice and be like oh no please don't please don't too long. no so way much too long. tomb raider gets saddled with its own inane no. plotting every time it yeah. 
it hurts my insides every single time. <laughs> so thank this you. This film's extended opening is so dull that not even the no. titillating shower and side boob scenes no. do all that much to hold your attention. No. Thank you for not doing that entire thing in that voice. You're welcome. Oh. Uh, no Palette thank you cleanser. for most of it, though. <laughs> Palette cleanser. Heaven skies. Travis, do you want to read this one from 2021? Wowza. This is so soon. Okay. Heaven Skies gives it an eight. This film is much better than the one in 2018. The casting isn't perfect, but Angelina Jolie makes the perfect Lara. My question with this is the casting isn't perfect. <laughs> Who else? I Who? thought Sir Jorah and Daniel Craig are excellently right. cast. And like, I don't know the video games that well, but... Who are they supposed to be? No, are they yeah, miscast? They're bad guys. They're yeah. they're Tomb Raider and bad guy. So and they did a great job. The the complaint they gave it an eight, which is like really high. But like the fact that like they said the casting isn't great, but Laura, but like Angelina is good. But that's the only casting that really mattered here. Yeah, it totally is. You're right. Yeah, that, so yeah. If you're successful at casting Laura, then you it doesn't cast really the movie matter. Well, but the rest. no one else is. No one else is a known character that you have to cast right. Yeah. Where people are like, oh, that person fits and I like it. Yes. This may be a short review, but I'm just super confused by it. (laughs) I just want to know the motivation for the person that writes this review in 2021. Right. Did you see Alicia Vikander's Tomb Raider on cable and said, I don't like her. And then you just wrote this review. Mm, Which, I mean, we'll see. We'll probably, I'm thinking that next season we'll probably cover the reboot. Yep. The 2018 reboot, and we'll have to see what we think. Maybe who knows? Maybe he's right. They're maybe right. He's right. I always assume these grumpy people are he's. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's mean. They, like, male or female, I don't know. It could be they. Uh, we have one left from Duke Nukem. I don't know, Dan. Would you like to read this one? Yeah, I'll grab that. Uh, so it's Duke Nukem from October 6, 2015. They give this a three, and they say style style over substance. Anyone. This could have been a great movie based on a great game, but it's not. Making Angelina Jolie grunt and sigh like Lara Croft isn't enough to make this a good movie. It might be enough to make uh, pubertal uh, young boys. That's not a word. Uh, young boys get excited, but true Tomb Raider fans <laughs> won't be pleased at all. The movie does not bring back the memories of the game. The game is about adventure, exotic exploration, just like the movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But this movie doesn't deliver any tension or feeling of adventure. It seems that the makers of this movie had no fantasy at all and tried to deliver some nice images and not much of a story. It's like someone said, it doesn't feel like a movie, but a video game playing itself. The only good thing about this movie is Angelina Jolie in the shower. At least they didn't waste our time for 100 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, my (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) (laughs) All I could think while reading this review is the Duke Nukem voice saying, shake it, baby. Oh, Oh, no. no. (laughs) Oh, no. Yep, we did that. (laughs) So those are the reviews from Metacritic. Uh, We're going to keep it going with a segment we call Min Max. Travis already did his mins and his maxes. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> but this segment is where we tell you the good Max and the not so good Min that we haven't covered yet. So Travis already went. So I don't know. Dan, did you want to go first in this one? Yeah, I can go. Um, I have two Mins I wanted to bring up that we haven't talked about. One is uh, during like the Stone Guardian fight. 
there's a part where Ser Jorah kicks one of the uh, Guardian's heads off. I, how do you... It's stone. How do you kick a stone <laughs> thing's head off as a person? It doesn't make any sense. So I, I thought that was bad. Uh, the other thing that I would give for a min is um, when they go to Siberia... Laura Croft takes the point to not zip up her coat. It was almost as if, like, we'd forget she has big boobs if she zipped her coat up for <laughs> going through Siberia. Like, come on. Uh, I thought it was She's really... like a cool cool 13 year old who's like going to or like 14 15 year old who's going to high school who's like no i'm not zipping up my coat because i'm not that cold <laughs> yeah i'm way too cool to be this cold yeah. i'm not no. cold can i read can i read you a roger ebert quote about this movie yes, that is please. actually about the thing you just mentioned oh yes. my god Do it. <laughs> this is from 2001 laura croft this is a quote laura croft from roger ebert laura croft is a major babe it is cold on the tundra and everyone wears fur-lined parkas Everyone but Laura, whose light gray designer cape sweeps behind her so that we can admire the tight matching sweater she is wearing, which clings tightly to those parts of her body that can be found a foot below and a little to the front of her great ears. She looks great, is supple, and athletic. That's an exact quote from Roger that's, Ebert. Oh, that's uncomfortable. That's, that's really that's awful. Uh, I guess this I, goes, I would like to hear it. Like I would like to I, hear what the uh, the intention. I don't know, but it, that's think, uncomfortable. I think I just realized I hate the word supple. Oh, uh, yeah. I hate that word. It's usually not. Don't use dislike that word. Spot. Don't use that word. Would you like me to read more quotes that talk about Lara Croft's bosoms no. in the movie? No. Because I have more Rather from Rolling Stone or from Slate. No. I'm <laughs> Why? Good. I keep going. I think anyway, we got sorry, it. Anyway, sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, you're good. Related to that, that's a good quote. In the Wikipedia, I was looking at production notes, and there was a quote, the only quote from Angelina Jolie about it was, seemed to be answering the question, do you think you have big enough boobs to play Lara Croft? Which I was like, what? Are what? you serious? This is my men. Yeah. This is are, my men. Are you serious? Like, Laura Croft is more than having big boobs. Like, come on, she's an adventurer, all that other stuff. Like, uh, so she had those... to answer that question in a press junket. Yeah, there's a quote from her that. Oh like, my god! What... <laughs> the question on the press junket was, "What changes did you go through for you know your bust out role as Laura?" Bust out. That's an exact role. quote. <laughs> also, I'm sorry. Okay, there are so many things. One, how do you ask that question? That's ridiculous. That's the worst question ever. And two, yeah. it's very obvious. It's not hard. Like, I'm sorry, push-up bras and padded bras are a thing. They're not new. Like, it's not like, how did you... And, and she I want the details. To, she yeah. doesn't need large breasts. I'm a 36 C. Laura, Laura, she's a 36 D. And in the game, she's a double D. So we took her down some. But we did give her a bit of padding there. For me... It was not simp- It was simply one size, so it was like having a padded bra. But no, I'm not flat chested anyway. I hate that was an the Angelina answer? Jolie quote. That's that was Angelina Jolie's answer. That's the quote I saw. I just, you know what? No, it's. It, oh, I, I'm so <laughs> upset. Um, I, I'm trying to be like, no, you know what? It's good because today. The, the same actress and the same uh, Alicia Vikander would be like, that's a dumb question. Next. And yeah, I and yeah. Angelina Jolie would do the same thing. Also, if it was a different time, yeah. she'd be like, if it was now, young Angelina Jolie would be like, "That's a dumb question. Who are yeah. you? Please leave. Who's next?" 
Well, yeah, especially given what happened to her in the years that followed. Oh, it's so dumb. It's just so yeah. dumb. I can't believe yeah. it's a serious answer and to a, to a, to a serious question. Okay. Sorry. Can I read another choice quote from her, her answer there? Do sure. it. That was only part of it. Do it. But we did want to put something in for the hardcore game fans. Laura has those big breasts in the game. We didn't want to make them as big as in the game, but at the same time, we didn't want to take away from her from her the things that are you know her trademarks that's not her i i that unfortunately from the early time early video games that is her trademark now it's not but when we know anyway oh my god Ow. sorry dan i i i hijacked your one of your men no I, I i'm glad that you had uh more source material for that because yeah I, I read that and i was like this is horrible like you know another thing of hers is like the two pistols like it's not like she's only yeah so those are my, that's where my brain went. She's a tomb raider. Yeah. She tomb raids. She raids right. the tombs. That's right. her trademark. Right. Yeah. If she wasn't raiding tombs, that would be where we'd have a problem. Not because <sighs> of that. Katie is like screaming so inside mad. right now. Oh yeah. 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 I was horrified uh, reading that. I was like, what? Um. Anyway, those are my men's. They're bad. Uh, the max, I would say we talked a little bit about this, but I thought that all like the fight scenes that felt like video games were actually pretty cool. Like, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the Cambodia scene, there's a part where she like rides a log into something that like makes the key work or something. Uh, the guardians or whatever, the stone people fighting, like that was cool looking and it looking bad was cause it's from 2001. I feel like if you yeah. made that now, that fight scene would be awesome. And we'd probably even talk about it like, or whatever kind of thing. So uh, my Max, I thought those were cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Seems like they did it. The set I mean, pieces were great. Yeah, yeah, the set pieces were good. The action scenes were like well done. Yeah, yeah. You you had your big three, like f- kind of four, like major action scenes in this thing, and they were all really good. Mm-hmm. Like they were fun and like well thought out and like choreographed. It wasn't just like. It, it sometimes felt like a lot of just gunfire everywhere, but everything was like very thought out. It wasn't yeah. just chaos or like just people fighting each other. It was like, no, every single little thing had a specific purpose and every single moment in the fight was thought out well. And it was just, it, I don't feel like I get like, I feel like action movies nowadays don't feel this choreographed. Like they feel a little, a little bit more, I mean, maybe it's going for more of a realistic kind of vibe. You know what I mean? But like, I don't feel like I get like ridiculous set pieces like that bungee cord thing or, you know, like here's this giant globe you've got to climb all over and there's guys getting pinned between the the different prongs of it. Like it just doesn't happen. Like not at least at top of mind that I get like crazy ridiculous like action set pieces like this. Yeah, like preposterous, campy action set pieces. Where's my campy action movies? Where they're also like kind of well done. Like I could follow everything. It made uh, the. I feel like the action scenes of anything made the most sense of the whole movie. Like versus plot and like character development and like different (laughs) aspects that make up a movie. The action scenes were the most well thought out, which at least something was well conceived, right? And it was like Mm -hmm. one of the main factors of the movie. So. So yeah, no, I felt that they were, they're not like exceptional. They're not changing the industry, but like, no, well, they're fun. I can jump in. My men's already been talked about to death. Um, Angelina being misogynized for her entire press junket and having to talk about her boobs is a thing. Um, My max is actually about set design. 
Um, I'm a big fan of uh, old television shows like The Crystal Maze and like Jungle Run. I don't know if y'all have ever watched The Crystal Maze. Mm-mm, never. No? Travis, this is for someone who introduced me to the mole. You would love the Crystal Maze. Oh, you have me very interested right now. What's happening? So Crystal Maze is a show where uh, it's a British show where essentially like, how can I describe it? They create these really intricate sets where they do like challenges, but each episode is self-contained. It is like, what if, what if the moles challenges, but each episode was self-contained and British. Interesting. Mm. Crystal Uh, maze. Jungle run. Crystal maze. And jungle run is like a kid show, but in essence you are on this like very elaborate, like jungle set. And like, I just appreciated how this brought me to that especially in Cambodia. Like I felt like the the temple was very intricate and probably took a lot of time and consideration and budget to put together. So that's my max uh, for a not very good movie. You Katie, sh- you should your watch, turn. You should watch Indiana Jones in that case. I should. You should. I should. You really should. Um, let's see. My mins. I had a few. Um, at one point, it seemed like they tried to make her boobs a little pol- politi- polygonal. Whoa. Words, English. Polygonal. Polygonal. Thank you very much. A little coney, but um, yeah, accent's bad. <laughs> um, you know what? I don't know. This movie was like an hour and a half long, and it felt like they could have cut like 10 minutes off. Of traveling. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, it didn't, I don't know. I felt like they could have been a little bit more efficient, which is weird, again, because it was an hour and a half. At the end, I was like, that must have been an hour 45, and it wasn't. It was an hour and yeah, a half. there was like too much traveling before the Siberia thing. There was yeah. too much setup. You could have just jumped almost right to it. And there's also a lot of Angelina Jolie swinging like blunt instruments at things <laughs> <laughs> in a slightly awkward way that I was like, I don't know if this is my min or my max, <laughs> but that was there. Um, let's see, my max. You know what? Like I at the campiness, the campiness is my max for this movie. Without that, so I think fun. this whole movie doesn't work at all. Um, when we watched the second Resident Evil movie, the RE Apocalypse, Apocalypse, that basically the tone of this movie is what I wanted in that second Resident Evil right. movie, and I felt like yeah, that yeah. would have worked better. Um, though, so yeah, the the whole like tone is definitely my max for this whole movie because otherwise, I don't know what we're doing. I also, who would have thought that Lara Croft Tomb Raider? would be the movie of of three seasons. This is the season finale of season three. And this mm-hmm. is the movie that has gotten me the most worked up of any movie we've ever done. <laughs> I don't I don't know what came over me, but here we are. Uh, well, those are our thoughts about the movie. But before we close out, uh, I have a game for y'all. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this week's game is Stolen Treasures or Nah. Oh, my God. What? So what I have for you here... Um, is six treasures that either are real stolen treasures or I made them up. Like archaeological treasures. For the most part, yeah. Either they are old treasures, they are important like regal treasures, they are like explorer's treasures, or there's one that is something entirely different. Okay. Are they real or did I make them up? Okay. All right. Here's the first one. The crown jewels of Ireland. Are they a real treasure that was stolen or did I make that up? Does Ireland have crown jewels? 
I know that. Did that Jacob Britain make does. this up because he's Irish? He loves he loves Ireland. He man. loves he Ireland. He can't talk. Right. He cannot talk enough about Ireland. He wants to do One an of accent right now. My favorite movie is Brooklyn. He yeah. can't yeah. stop talking about Ireland or his crown jewels. So, <laughs> um, I'm gonna real. say real because it feels too easy for a made-up one. I feel like you would have put more thought into it. So I'm gonna say that they're real. Okay, me too. I'm going Dan. nah, Dan. I'm going nah. You're going nah. Okay, um, the crown jewels of Ireland. That is a real stolen oh, treasure. Oh, yeah. And I have the facts for you. Stolen in 1907 from Dublin Castle, the crown jewels of Ireland were not connected in any with any coronation ceremony and included no crown. Rather, they comprised a jeweled star of the Order of St. Patrick and a diamond brooch and a five gold and five gold collars of that order, all of which were crown property. So, the crown jewels of Ireland. And they were stolen? They were stolen. Yes, were they ever in 1907. found? Uh, I was not able to find that out, but they may have been recovered. I want to know the answer. I'm gonna have to look these up afterwards. Maybe they made a movie I, about it. Yeah, I have some answers for you, and some I don't have answers for you. Okay, cool. Because they might be fake. How about the Ivory Coast crown jewels? Are they a real stolen treasure, or did I make it up? They're real. I don't think that you would be that um, lazy, uh, not reductive, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that um, where you're taking an idea from another idea. I, I think that they're real. I'm going to say fake because I think he just lazied his way out of this one. Uh, I'm also going to go fake for the same reason. That's right. OK. The Ivory Coast crown jewels are a real stolen treasure. Fuck. Uh, Burglars entered the country's main museum, likely with help from someone on the inside, and walked out with $6 million worth of loot. The thief or thieves took 80 individual objects, including royal jewelry, tribal masks, religious artifacts, and lots of gold. Fun. Wow. Were they ever returned? Katie, you are two for two. Were they ever returned? Uh, That one I don't know either. Okay, just wondering. (laughs) Uh, I do have the answers for, I think, two of them for you. So, Uh, Here's the next one. Tucker's Cross. Is that a real (laughs) stolen treasure or did I make it up? Katie's face immediately says fake, doesn't it? I can just tell by her face. Tucker? Tucker has a cross. Tucker's Cross. Tucker. You know, Tucker, he died on the cross. (laughs) (laughs) It was his nickname. His best friends called him Tucker. Uh, His friends called him Teddy. Teddy. Uh, I'll go Naw. I kind of want to say Naw as well. I'm going to say Naw. I'm going to go real. So let me tell you about Bermudian, Bermudian, uh, an explorer from Bermuda named (laughs) Teddy Tucker. Damn it. Tucker's cross is an emerald-studded 22-karat gold cross discovered by marine explorer Teddy Tucker in 1955. Its origin is believed to be the San Pedro, a Spanish galleon that wrecked in 1594. On that discovery, Tucker believed that the cross was Indian-made due to its simplicity, it was sold to the government of Bermuda, and by 1997, it was considered to be the most valuable single object ever found in a shipwreck. So, stolen... 
I was kind of is it stolen? Discovered, <laughs> found. You know, discovered. Uh, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so another real one for you. Oh my god, you made none of these up, did you? Uh, that always crosses we'll my find mind. Out. One day, it's gonna happen. Uh, what about the Florentine diamond? <laughs> I wish you guys could see Katie's face throughout this whole thing. Because I, I'm a sore loser like you too. Yeah. Real, not, real I'm sore not a loser. sore loser, I've, but I'm very competitive. Like, I want to win. Yeah. I'm okay with losing, but I really want to win. Um, Anyone want to go for breakfast diamond. and have eggs Florentine diamond? Yeah, maybe that's what he had this morning. It was like Florentine. That's a good fake treasure. I'll go nah. I feel like we've gone so long without a nah that one of these has to be nah, so I feel like I have to say nah. Agreed. I have to say nah as well. Boasting 133 carats, the Stop Florentine it. diamond was reputed to be the largest pink gem of its type in the world. In November 1918, it was in the possession of the Hasburg royal family. It was deposited in a bank in Switzerland, then boom, gone forever. Oh my god. Wow. This one is real as well. Get out of here. Damn it. <laughs> I have two more. Are you guys ready for the fifth? Yes. Sure. Michelangelo's Mask of a Fawn. Real or fake? God damn it. <laughs> this is a- Mask? How do you spell that? Mask of a Fawn. Like a fawn deer. is spelled F-A-U-N like a deer. Mask of a fawn? Yeah, mask yeah. of a fawn. No, one word. Like, like you yeah, like a fawn. Like, like, no, it's not Mask of a Fawn. Like it's Iman. Mask of a Fawn. Uh, Michelangelo's Mask of a Fawn. This is so hard. I'm going to say real. Real stolen treasure or nah? Real. Real. I'm going to say real. I don't know how you think of that unless it's like from something. Unless you're yeah, like, oh, where do you, thing where do you think of the word fawn? No one on a regular basis thinks of the word fawn. In their regular life. <laughs> no one thinks the Johnny word Johnny, too draw me. Stop it. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's one of my favorites. Ever. Oh, my um, God. Um, so, sorry, Travis, you said... Real. 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 There's no way you just thought of the word fun. Damn. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say... Oh. Uh, sorry. Uh, nah. Nah. Katie says nah. nah. I'm going Travis nah as well. Real. Dan says nah. I say nah because uh, I feel like one of these has to be fake. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to give us six real ones. Michelangelo's Mask of a Fawn is real. This Damn marble it. mask of a fawn, a <laughs> fawn being a half-human, half-goat mythological creature, has been at- attributed to the Italian artist Michelangelo. The Barcello Museum in Florence, Italy owns the mask, which was stolen in August 1944 from Castello di Papi, a, ca- a castle in Tuscany. The thieves, soldiers from the German 105th Division uh, that was attached to the 10th German Army. So it was recovered, but it was stolen for a very long time. Oh my god. Wow. Overthinking I got this. a point there. You did. So let me go through the scores before we have our last one. Uh, Dan, you have one point, And Travis and Katie, you both have two points. So here's your last one. The Jules Rimmet Cup. Is that a real stolen treasure or nah? Is the it, Jules Rimmet Cup. It's such an is odd pos- sequence of words. 
is it possible that he gave us all real up until this totally point? Totally is. He also emphasized at the beginning, like, oh, and uh, I don't know the story because a couple of them are fake, and you know that could have been bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's Jules, if it's Jules R- Rimet, oh, or now if he's it's doing Jules the Rimet. Um, no, ignore this part. He's just making <laughs> shit nonsense. up like, I don't know how to say it. Oh, you know, it could be pronounced in several different ways. <laughs> 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 Jules Rimet Cup. That's what yep. you initially said. Mm, yep. J- Jules Rimet. J- J-U-L-E-S. Rimet is R-I-M-E-T. I think it's real because how do you, I don't think you would say jewels remit. Like a plural jewels at the beginning is an odd. Jules, like in French. I, I don't think you would go that far though. No, I, th- I think it's real. Okay. I don't think you Katie thought like real. five layers deep on this. Maybe you saying I'm dumb? Did. No, I just don't <laughs> think you spent that much time on one question of the, of the quiz True. for this one podcast. So I think True. That, that many layers is, I'd be very impressed. Okay, so we'll see. So it's true. I, I'm going to say it's fake. Just I, to I add intrigue why. so that there's yep. a winner. Dan, what do you think? Real or uh, fake? I'm going fake also. Drum roll, please. Oh my god. The Jules Rimmet Cup was awarded to the team that won the World Cup Tournament of Soccer, named for Jules Rimmet, founder of the World Cup Tournament. According to FIFA rules, the first team to win the Jules Rimmet Cup three times would gain permanent possession of it. This happened in 1970 when Brazil won the cup for the third time. In 1983, the cup was stolen when it was in Rio de Janeiro and has not been seen since. However, in 2015, the Associated Press reported that the original stone base of the Jules Rimmet Cup was found in a basement at FIFA headquarters in Switzerland. Therefore, this one is a real stolen oh, treasure. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Wow. So that was the original World Cup trophy? Because yes, it's not exactly. called that now. It is not. Interesting. Yeah. I learned something today. Jacob. You didn't Thank do a you. single fake one. Oh. Nope. They were all real today. A sneaky little wow. son of a bitch. <laughs> Trixie. Um, so in uh, third place, Dan, one with one point. In second place, Travis with two points. And our winner today. Uh, where the points don't matter, it's Katie with three points. Congratulations, Katie. They matter to me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end this show like we end all of our shows with the simple question, should this movie be cut or seen? Let's start with our guest of honor, Dan. Okay. Um, I feel like this movie is really on the edge for me as to whether it should be cut or seen. It feels like if it was a scene, it would be sort of a reluctant scene. Um, kind of thinking about it. So there's a sequel to this movie. I've heard that's better. The Alicia Vikander one is probably better. Uh, do you need this one to enjoy those? <sighs> probably not. So I think I'm going to go with cut, um, unless you really need it to be able to watch those, then I would say watch it so you can watch those. But I'm hoping that the others are better and, and kind of banking that way that those will be my scene someday. <laughs> All right. There's our first cut. Travis, let's go to you next. Oh, man. I had a lot of fun with this stupid movie. And it was fun. And I liked it. And I think it's stupid. But it's fun. (laughs) And I kind of want to say scene. 
I'm going to say scene. <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. It's uh, so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> but I liked it. Like, I want, at the end of this movie, I literally went, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> it was just so fun. Like, I don't, I, I was entertained most of the time. And when I was not entertained was literally in the boring parts where she was just traveling or they were just walking to places. Hmm. But the majority of this movie was fun and it didn't outright offend me in any way. It didn't do the typical thing where I think it would a video game movie would have put a female character. It, I don't know. It was fun. And I don't think anyone's going to be worse off for seeing it. So I'm going to say scene and just stick with it. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go next and then I'm going to leave the decision to Katie. Uh, um, Cause my decision's really easy. This is a cut. This is a bad movie. Um, <laughs> I was super bored. I haven't said the, these words yet. Um, I was super bored through most of this and I won't lie. There's a thing that I do and people are like, well, here goes Jacob again doing the thing where he drifts during parts of the movies. But there were parts of this movie more so than the parts that you described with the travel where I just kind of drifted away. I drifted away during the, the robot fighting scene. I that drifted like away for like, minutes. I drifted away a lot in the, like the first 40 minutes. Uh, maybe I'd have ADHD and should talk to a doctor, but oh that's neither here nor there. Um, this movie is not worth your time. Um, I would argue it is a bad movie. Um, shame on you for calling it a good movie. You didn't call it a good movie. I just wanted <laughs> I to say the word shame on you did. after what I said before. It's a cut. We're cutting this thing. Uh, two cuts, one scene. Katie, this is now in your hands. I don't like this. What do you think? I don't like this at all. Okay, so here's where I'm at. I it's not it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's no. not. Um, there were small periods of time where I drifted. Um, but then. Again, I this is one of the movies that has gotten me more riled up than any movie. Whereas, uh, like even this season, like Final Fantasy was one where I was uh so bored the entire movie where I felt like they didn't execute anything well. Um and I wasn't bored. Now and then I I drifted, but I don't know what I you know what? I giggled and I yelled. And I was like, this thing's happening to my spouse sitting in the same room. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, my God. And I was losing it. And it's not good. It's not a good movie. But I don't know. I've given other cuts and scenes. And I don't know that I can categorize it with. I don't know that I should categorize it with either my cuts or my scenes from previous. (laughs) But I guess. uh, I'll give it the split vote and say scene. Oh, yeah. And I feel bad. And people shouldn't watch it. I don't know that people should even watch it. But I I felt enough emotions. You know when it's like if you get a reaction, good or bad, you got a reaction out of somebody at least. And they got a reaction out of me. At least it wasn't. That's the thing. If it was mediocre, then it'd be an easier cut. Because you'd be like. It is mediocre. But I giggled and laughed and yelled and was like, what the hell is this? Mediocre in terms of giving you a reaction. Yeah. if it did nothing for you and it was boring, then it becomes a cut. But like if it did something I for you. I didn't hate my time. Yeah. I enjoyed my time. But it's not it's, a, it's not a good it's movie. Fun. But I enjoyed my time. So I guess it's I guess it's a scene. I was, but I feel I feel I feel yes. dirty about it. I don't feel good. Oh. I don't feel good at all. So I think for only the second time on the history of the program, we have a cutscene uh where we tell you, hey, 
if you listen to this podcast or you, you think the movie might be interesting and you fit within a certain box, give this movie a try. Otherwise, not for you. Is that a fair assessment of what a cutscene is? Yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> that is it. It's a yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because I think we gave the, the third Resident Evil movie that as well. We have one other one. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That seems right, pretty cool. fair. Hey, that, I think it's super fair. Um, those were our thoughts about uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider from 2001. Uh, before we close, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yes. Um, we loved having you. Uh, tell people where you can be found on the internet uh, if people want to find you and your cool work. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Great getting to talk with all of you about this. This was super fun. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at StoryEverPod. Uh, I'm pretty active on there, so if you want to talk games, we can do that for sure. Uh, our website's thegreateststoryeverplayed.com. That's got links to all our web uh, episodes. They're also on uh, wherever you get podcasts. But uh, yeah, go check that out. Cool. Um, and again, we, we talked about the episodes that kind of cross over. I'm on Dark Pictures. These two folks are on your Soma episode. Uh, if you want to hear Dan on uh, another podcast that I do, the Left Behind Game Club, uh, you can listen to our Firewatch episode. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, those are both very good podcasts. And if you like video games, you should check them both out. Do it. There it is. Check out Dan's first, though. Yeah, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find cutscenes, all things cutscenes, at cutscenes underscore pod on both Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, If you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at Jacob McCourt, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. Like I said, I host another podcast called The Left Behind Game Club. Uh, It's a a words today. It is a funny, informative, and mostly positive video game movie. Po- video game. Po- wow, words. Oh my god. <laughs> I can usually just sail through this today. No, um, video game podcast. Uh, check us out on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, you can find all things I do on Twitter at Jacob McCord. It's probably the best place to find me. Katie, where can you be found? I'm on the Twitter. I'm Les Brack. L e s p e r a k. I talk about random things, a lot of video games, a lot of other things, a lot of fun things, mostly positive. <laughs> I can be informative sometimes. <laughs> Why not? But yeah, that's it. I'm I'm on Twitter. Travis. I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me at Travis Colnut. I am not positive, not informative, and not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Nice. Awesome. Well done. Uh, before we get into our quote, which is the way that we close all of our episodes, I just want to say like, hey, this is the end of season three. Uh, so there there will not be another structured episode about a movie in the feed. There may be something special in the next little while. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, but uh, no more movies for now. Uh, we will return in 2022. Uh, so stay tuned for details about that. Best place you can find the details for that is cutscenes underscore pod on Twitter. Um, We end with a quote. Uh, This time we're going to end with a quote with two characters, uh, Bryce and Lara Croft. Uh, Playing the role of Bryce will be Katie and playing the role of Lara Croft will be me and my (laughs) and my double D boobs. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Me bum's gone to sleep again. All down the left cheek. Really? That's fascinating. (laughs) Great, great job. We did the thing. Yeah, your accents are almost better. Thanks for listening to season three. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
Travis, to see me pull up my boobs? Yep, totally. <laughs> As you do. You gotta pull up those gotta, Lara Croft. You gotta Lara get in Croft character. Boobs. You gotta get in yeah. character. You gotta pull them up sometimes. Really? Really. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm Jacob McCourt, and listen to me and my co-hosts Mo Murtati and Mike Ruffalo, as well as some wonderful guests, as we go through games, large and small, old and new, to bring you funny, informative, and mostly positive discussions about them. We've got over 100 episodes in the feed, so if you wanted to take the show for a spin, download a show about one of your favorites, and let us guide you through it with our takes. Join us on our goal in every episode to make sure that each time there's one less game left behind.